Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hey everyone, welcome to episode eight of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. I'm excited about today's topic because it's your bread and butter, Sherelle. What are we talking about today? So today, you've all been waiting for it. Shift workers, night duty, rotating rosters, and working abnormal hours. So today, I'm going to be sharing, I guess, my personal experience and my wisdom over, yes. the, past, <laughs> over the last few years working as a nurse and a midwife and just give you guys some insight into shift work. Yeah, it seems like a whole other world how, how you operate, but even seeing how you've laid out today, it's you follow very similar steps which is quite cool because what I've really respected about you is how you have shown that insight into your world as a midwife and working in the hospital setting and it really opened my eyes to people like yourself with those hours um, just to know that you can still get shit done and Mm. it's not an excuse Mm. like but yeah you educated me along the way and I know I'm going to learn a lot from you here so yeah that's awesome thanks Danny it's good to hear that but Um, I guess I just wanted to highlight as well that it's not just for shift workers. It's Mm. not just for nurses, firefighters, all these people that do do rotating rosters. It's for everyone who has abnormal working hours because the nine to five grind just doesn't really exist anymore. And you'd understand that yourself. Definitely. And even as a personal trainer, when I used to get clients uh, who worked these hours, this would be great to understand where they're coming from. And even as a personal trainer yourself, working morning, having that break in between and then working night, your your work changes Mm. all the time, it seems. Mm. It does. And as well, like, you know, if your partner works shift work, like Danny said, if you're a personal trainer or you've just got different commitments, or if you're just wanting to improve, I guess, your work-life balance and your sleep, Mm. all these tips, tricks, questions will be very much applicable. So, The way I've laid out today's podcast is basically I went through my Q&A box and I picked out the main topics. So whenever I put up up a Q&A regarding shift work or rosters or being a nurse or a midwife, uh, it's generally the same themes that come back to me. So I've gone through and I've tried to put together five or six questions uh, that I always get asked. Awesome. So I'll be interviewing Sherelle today. Oh my God, I get to interview (laughs) Sherelle. Um, So the first question is from Carmen Stander and they say, how to stay, how do you stay motivated regarding gym and healthy eating before and after your shift? Yeah. So this is a very common question that I always get asked. It's just regarding the motivation. Mm. And the first point that I want to make is that you can't rely on motivation. So don't wait or expect it. And that applies to everyone. Doesn't it? Because gone are the days of motivational Monday, like, yes, and, and you ride the wave and then it disappears very quickly. Then it's like, well, I'm not motivated anymore. Yeah. I'll just wait. And then you wait forever. Motivation is great to get started at anything, like mm. the new year, new year's resolutions, all these sorts of things. Motivation is awesome for getting your butt into gear, but you can't rely on it because everyone has tough times. Everyone has commitments outside. Everyone has their own personal commitments regarding work and family and business and life. Mm. And it's not just applicable to shift workers, but everyone. So that was the first point that I wanted to make. But mm. obviously, constructive con- criticism uh, regarding the actual shift work is to set a routine or a schedule at the start of each week and prepare meals, training, times in advance. So 
regarding everyone. Danny, you do this, don't you? Oh, 100%. Like, I rocked up just now with my whole bag uh, filled with meals because I got work later on. So, you don't need to put that in the fridge. No, it's, it's, I've got my ice blocks in there. I'm ready for the apocalypse. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Organization, guys, it's key. But in regards to shift work, uh, in general, just for some context for people, there's three types of shifts that you can work. One being an AM morning shift, which is usually 7 to 3.30. One being a PM shift, which is like 1 to 10. And then your night duty being about 9 o'clock to 7.30 AM. So there are the three sorts of shifts. So you can understand how it can become complicated if you've got an early, a late, night, night, two days off, that sort of stuff. But what I do is I have this little A4 uh, notepad thing. It's got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, etc. And I write my training sessions, my shifts, extra requirements, appointments, date night, everything on this little sheet. And I do that every week because your week changes. So that's how I do my routine. Yeah, that's really good. I suppose then you'd be able to map out the whole week and and get organized. Yeah, yeah. And then you look at your week and you know what's coming. In regards to making sure that you get your gym sessions in, what I do for my morning shift is I pack my gym clothes and avoid going home because I find that when you've Mm. been on your feet all day, if you go home and sit down, you're not getting up. Know what... Exactly. You, you know in the future, well, if I sit on the couch, there's no way. So then you just avoid that situation. Yeah, and you I just remove myself from that situation. Definitely. The same as with a late shift. Um, I do the same. So I get up at the same time and I go to the gym. So when I work in early, I train in the afternoon. When I work in the afternoon, I train in the morning. Mm. It's just you're splitting your routine. So some people have daily routines and habits. I have one for each shift. Yep. And that's the way I lay it out. When it comes to night duty, I just listen to my body and that's a bit trickier and it needs a bit more planning, but we'll get into that one. So that's just my tip on how to stay motivated regarding the gym is to understand that motivation is short-lived. You can't rely on it, but then also just be prepared because that's mm. the main thing. Oh, 100%. Preparation is key. Question number two from Bella underscore 1194. How do you take melatonin? When, why, and how does it work? So melatonin is something I get asked about a lot. And I think it's just because I'm pretty open about taking it. Mm. Like, it's fine to take it. A lot of people have sort of said it's not okay to share these sorts of personal recommendations. I don't believe in that because I've just noticed the huge benefits that I get from supplementing with melatonin as a shift worker. So firstly, just getting into it, melatonin is a hormone produced by the pineal gland in the brain. So we all produce it um, and it's melatonin levels start to rise in your body when it's dark outside and that signals your body that it's time to go to sleep so it pretty much regulates your internal sleep wake cycle Mm. so do you have you ever used melatonin in the past yeah i have but more just as a trial thing so i haven't religiously used it consistently Mm. um but I found it worked. But again, I'm always questioning myself whether it be placebo or not. Yeah. I know when I did post about it, I had a couple of naturopaths messaging me saying, um, oh, you shouldn't disrupt your body's natural um, production of these hormones. But Sorry, guys, you can't see, but I'm just like rolling my eyes. Yeah, insert eye roll. <laughs> Um, which yes and no, but I feel like we're disrupting all our cycles anyway by yeah. having technology, by staying up later and everything's disrupted. That's why we need to go back to this stuff. Mm. So mm. yeah, that was my opinion. I don't take it anymore because once I hit the pillow, I'm out. That's like, right. <laughs> if you don't have an issue, you don't need it. Like mm. a lot of people are like, oh, I should take melatonin. It's like, why? 
Like, what have you tried beforehand? Yes. Um, and I have experienced sleep insomnia in the past and I didn't even touch melatonin then. I went down and like learned how to meditate and yeah. deep breathing and trying to unwind and all these other sorts of natural remedies before I even considered sleeping tablets. Uh, so that's the main thing as well I want to point out is that you only need it if you need it. Yeah. Don't just take it for the sake of it. It's not going to magically improve your sleep quality if you're not deficient in it. But Definitely. like Danny said, we are screwing up our circadian rhythms in so many ways. And I'm a big believer in, you know, let's use modern medicine and practices mm. to enhance what we're trying to do. Definitely. Uh, so getting into some of the recommendations, this is uh, one of the generic recommendations is one milligram 30 minutes before bed. And if that doesn't work over time, then try increasing to three to five milligrams. So that's the recommendation. If you go to a doctor and you ask for a prescription for melatonin, which is what you have to do in Australia, they generally give out two milligrams and it's more than enough. So more is not better when it comes to melatonin. And that's something that I've definitely learnt with because when you do buy a lot of melatonin online, it comes in 10 milligrams. And that's obviously, mm. you know, more than double the recommendation. You don't need more. And I get really good results just from one milligram. That's what I've yep. just noticed personally. So what I do is I just take a small mel amount of melatonin in the week leading up to my first night duty. Uh, then I take the full dose during the night night shift, but in the morning. So when I come home, I split it around. And then for the next few weeks after, I take it to get my circadian rhythms back in check. So I cycle it over sort of three weeks. So just to okay. recap, yeah. recap that, the week before my night, night, first night shift, I take melatonin to repay my sleep debt, um, get better quality Z's throughout that week and really prioritize on making sure I am getting my eight hours mm. and doing all those other things as well with the melatonin. And then during my night shift, I take the melatonin first thing once I get home at like eight in the morning yep. to sort of help get into that cycle. And then do you go to sleep? And then I go to sleep. For how long? Um, when do I get up? Oh, as long as possible. Yeah. But... I always wake up at midday. I don't know. I always mm. make up at midday, go to the toilet. Then I go back to sleep until three, four, five. It depends. Yeah. Four's ideal. If I can sleep till four, I've done a darn good job. Mm. Um, and then I find melatonin really beneficial for getting back on track. So I don't have much hassle like getting into the routine of night shift. It's getting out. And that's yep. what I find melatonin good for. And then I break from it. So I, I don't think you should take anything continuously, to be yeah. honest. I think it's healthy to cycle things. So I work night duty once a month and that's sort of what I do for that two to three weeks. I take it and then I have a little bit of time off and then I go yeah. again. So if you didn't work night duty, would you be taking melatonin? No. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So just to make that clear, I wouldn't. I would be trialing other things to increase my natural melatonin production because so melatonin suppressed by sunlight. I would be doing a lot of these environmental things to try and increase my melatonin. The only other consideration would be like if I was under a lot of stress, like in comp prep, I found it useful to... Yep you know, ease me into that sleep because it, it does allow that wave to come on a bit earlier than what it should, that sleep wave. It tells you to go to bed. Yeah. Um, but no, if I didn't need it, I wouldn't take it. Mm. But I do notice a difference by tracking my sleep in the sleep quality. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you should consistently take it. Like, mm. you know, just listen to your body. If you need it, use it. If you don't, 
don't. So just for shift workers and, and people who, you know, jet lag and there's lots of little things that you can use it for. And it's so much better than, you know, diazepam and all these PAM anxiety related drugs are horrible for your sleep, guys. Shift workers, God, just get off that stuff. Is that common amongst shift workers? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think like at 4 a.m. everyone sits around and they talk about the sleeping tablets they're on. Or what oh, they... really? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, diazepam, rest of it, even Valium, like lots of people. Um, antihistamines wow. are big. So I, I will admit I used to take antihistamines like to get to sleep. Um, How does that um, help your sleep? Makes you drowsy. So it doesn't help oh, your sleep, but it knocks you out. Okay. So, and that was one thing that I found by tracking my sleep is like, holy shit, rest of it like destroys my sleep cycle. Yeah. So like, you know, even on night duty, I can still get a couple of hours of deep sleep. Yeah. Still pretty good with the melatonin, but like I was just erratic throughout the night. I'd wake up every half an hour, but not wake up, you know, yeah. how you're sort of just not getting into deep sleep. And that's what the antihistamines did to me. But this is all trial and error, guys. So... Less is more in regards to night duty and shift work and, and optimizing your sleep. It's really just about working with your body rather than pushing it into a place it doesn't want to go to. Perfect. And we're going to touch and elaborate more on sleep in a separate sleep podcast because mm. we could talk about that for oh, hours, yeah. um, including strategies and tips as well. So stay tuned for that one. Yeah. But like I said, in Australia, you have to get a prescription from your doctor, unfortunately. So go see your doctor and just tell them you want it. They're not going to be hesitant to give it out. It's you a, can't order it online? Well, you can, but we probably shouldn't um, tell people to do that. But Okay, I'll cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely cutting that out. <laughs> but you, that's how I got it. No, I didn't be cut it out. I didn't post this. Like, you can order it online. I order mine online. But I'm just saying the real deal stuff is from the doctors and unless you're sure that that's the correct melatonin, you can't be sure. What I will say though is in America, every time I go over there and I go there like once a year, I stock up on so much because it's like you can buy it like Priceline in equivalent to America. Really? Yeah, it's on the shelf. And people people can't believe in America that we need a prescription. It's pathetic. Mm. Like you can go to the chemist and get vitamin C. Why can't I get melatonin? Yeah. And the other thing that you've got to be careful of is that at a lot not a, a lot of natural pastels sell it, um, but it's not melatonin. It says on the back um, homeopathic. And that means that it's basically just some random diluted cocktail. No way. Yeah, so flip it over and make sure that yours doesn't say homeopathic. It should have an actual dose. Yep. Yeah, so check that. There you go, massive. All right, question number three from Liv Kittle. How do you plan your meals and snacks throughout the night? Mm. Good question. So this is a good one, and it's taken me like five or six years to figure this out Mm. because... Most of you guys will know, but I worked as a midwife, uh, nurse for a while and now I'm working as a midwife and they're so different in terms of what's required you for you overnight. As a nurse, you sort of get a bit of downtime. You know, you could have a sleep if you wanted. You could oh. sort of chill out sometimes. I guess it depends on where you are, but the sort of nursing that I was on, whereas now as a midwife, that is not optional in birth suite. You're not going to be sleeping in the corner while no. someone's laboring. So <laughs> it's very different and um, meal breaks are a luxury, not not so much a necessity, especially mm. for night duty. So everyone's different. It's just about finding what works for you and paying attention to any hunger signals that you're having. The first thing that I wanted to point out is eat with your body when you're hungry. 
Don't eat because you're bored, because you're tired, mm. because it's because you get a break. Really listen to your body when on night duty. So I wait. I sit in hunger for a little bit and go, am I hungry? Because I know that if I'm not hungry and I eat, I'm going to be bloated for the rest of the night. Yeah, okay. What if you know, what if you've got a break, but then you might not get a break for after? Because that, I don't know, if I was in that situation, I'd probably be like, well, shit, this might be my only break. I'll just eat. But then that wouldn't really serve you. Well, I don't know. How do you go about that? It depends on the time of the night. So what I do is I always have a big meal before I start my shift. Okay. So I have my dinner at about 8.30, 8 o'clock, like big piece of steak Mm. or like something that's really going to get me through until sort of 1, 2 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. And you know what? If you don't get a meal break, it's actually not the end of the world. Like... You can just have a really big breakfast. Yeah. It's sort of a and bit... And that'll be fun too, in a sense. Oh, I always have a big breakfast because it gives me something to look forward to at the end of the shift. I'm like, brekkie <laughs> is coming. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, but generally, you always find a little bit of time on night duty to pop out and have a snack. And mm. I think the most important thing is that you just ask for that relief on night duty. Like it's okay to ask for that relief um, if you can just have someone else come into the room. But what I try to do is have more frequent meals if possible Mm. and keep them light. So I found that when I was having digestive issues throughout the night is because my meal sittings were too big. And that's why I start with a big meal while I'm active and busy at the start of the night shift. And then I just have smaller meals throughout the night and a big breakfast. Yeah, okay. But it's about what work it's really about what works for you personally. So what kind of meals would you have throughout the night then? So you mentioned a big steak or something that will last you a good five, six hours, but then what mm. would you have throughout the night? Yeah, so some of my favourite snacks are like rice cakes and hummus, frozen grapes. Guys, if you have not tried frozen grapes, have you tried frozen? I, no, but I've oh, seen it on your story. So good. It's like a lolly and on night duty, it's the oh. best. Anyways, I love frozen grapes. <laughs> Do you suck it or chew it? No, bite it. Get oh, into you it. bite it? Yep. Yeah. Isn't it cold on your tooth? Yeah, it's delicious. Oh. On night duty, you got hot flushes, you got everything going oh, on. Okay. Have a frozen grape. <laughs> yeah, mate, if it gets you through it. <laughs> um, protein oats, watermelon, coconut water, rice paper rolls. I don't know, I always make up like a This is a batch. random list. I'm trying to look for a pattern, but it, there's no. No, no. It's, it's like just normal food. It's like being pregnant. You have just the, the weirdest sort of cravings. But the main thing is making sure that you're having like a, um, easily digestible foods. So that's why I opt for more fruits and things like that um and then some protein as well so making sure you're getting protein i although i do have like so i have a big meal at the start of my night shift with steak or just like a normal dinner Mm. um i still try and have a little bit of protein and stuff throughout the night is it why so more digestible is it because you get a quick break and then you're on your feet again you're running around or what or is it because it's night time does that change yes like why So your circadian rhythm isn't just your sleep-wake cycle. Everything in our body runs off a circadian rhythm. Mm. So our digestive system has a circadian rhythm. So you're trying to feed it when it's used to being asleep. Okay. And even if it's been, even if you're on the third night, your body's not going to adapt like that. It takes years to actually accustom to night duty. Oh. And a lot of evidence has shown that, that even after a long period of time, your body never really gets used to it because we're programmed to function off sunlight. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. So if you're trying to feed yourself large meals, 
especially heavy protein-based meals, you can get a lot of digestive issues because yeah. of that because your stomach's confused. It's it's not grumbling. And that's why I said really tune into those hunger single, signals. Um, and I just find things like grapes and watermelon and protein oats and rice paper rolls and hummus and rice cakes and just easily digestible snacks yeah. a lot more gentler on my digestion. Because I often wake up in the night and have a cheeky snack as well. So maybe I'll take um, something from your list. What do you normally have during the night? Just whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, I know. And I've not just whatever's in the fridge because it's pretty healthy what's in the fridge. But sometimes because I'm tracking macros, I would have some of tomorrow's breakfast yeah. in the night. But yeah. then you wake up sometimes if I'm super hungry. I'd, yeah, you feel a bit sick because obviously you go straight back to bed. But it's a thing. Midnight snacking or what? For me, it's like three o'clock-ish. Yeah. I get hungry if I haven't had a big meal for Before dinner. Before you go to bed. Of um, proteins and fats and carbs yeah. or whatever. Um, so then I'll take something off this list. I yeah. Reckon. Even if you try to add a bit more fat into that um, nighttime meal, because I know we do that with diabetics and stuff. We make oh. sure that they have supper. So cheese and biscuits and things like that. So making sure that you've got a, a good fat source with your protein and carbs to really slow down that breakdown of the glucose. It makes sense because it's the same time every every morning that I sort of wake up around that three yeah. or four o'clock. If I don't have a lot of fat in my dinner, I wake up starving in the morning. Oh, there you go. Mm. Yeah, which is all right-ish, but yeah, it's not when it's it. three o'clock. No. If it's normal wake-up time, yeah. cool, have an awesome breakfast, which around comp prep I don't eat during the night Yeah, just because and my metabolism yeah. is slower. But yeah. now waking up hungry, I'm like, I'm going to eat. Yeah, <laughs> and so you should. And it's also yeah. like, you know, we check diabetics um, blood sugar at 2am in the morning for that reason as well oh. make sure they're not having hypos during the night interesting mm-hmm. there you go i mean like i'm no endocrinologist but you know, you me add something. some more fats in and we'll see how you go well, yeah, I thought some cheese and crackers before bed tonight <laughs> yeah. any excuse for cheese right awesome question number four admir goat 88 admir goat 88 do you try to change your roster around your training periods or comp dates? Now, I read this answer, this question, and I just, I wanted to put it in there because the answer is really no. No, mm-hmm. I don't. And I've worked two weeks of night duty in the two weeks leading up to when I had a show, so in peak week. And... I never, I like, I, of course I request show day off, like that oh, week. Yeah. Oh, you got to, you got to rock up. But I've never had this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've had to, I've had to swap out before. I'm like, shit, I'm busy that day. Yeah. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> but there's nothing more bittersweet than I find working your ass off, you know, getting through night duty, being superwoman, doing the impossible, and then yep. competing on the weekend and rocking back up for an early on Monday. And everyone's like, how's your weekend? And you're like, yeah, good, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Next minute. Yeah, that's the Next minute they find you on Instagram. You're like, fuck. <laughs> that's mint. Because the world shouldn't really revolve around comps. No. Like, no. you make it as efficient and easy for you as possible in the scheme of it, but, like, People need your help. They're going to be having babies. Like the world still needs you and your services. Yeah. Yes, shift work sucks. Night duty sucks. But people die and give birth 24-7 and you signed up. You signed on those dotted lines for this job and you can't just reschedule your roster around your personal preferences throughout the week. I'm like, oh, I can't rock up today and I've got legs. No. (laughs) 
No. Yeah, that go down. Oh, and I, <laughs> I never understood when I first started training and stuff like that, you know, hospital cultures amongst health professionals is pretty unhealthy and sometimes yeah. a bit toxic. And I never understood. I was like, well, this is like my job. I, I go to work and then I go to the gym yeah. I, and then I go home and I get ready for the next day. That was just a process. I did. I didn't think about, oh, no, because of my job, I can't do this. Yeah. I never aligned that. It was sort of like, well, this is what I've got to do between these hours. I've got these hours to do that. And I think it's because I've always um, had that habit of mm. going to the gym and training is a part of my life. Yeah. And it's important to impregnate that into your life before you go down that rabbit hole of victimizing yourself for shift work because yeah. it's really hard to get out of. And this is why, unfortunately, it's not common to do this sort of stuff in hospitals as a shift worker. It's yeah. very uncommon. Mm. I'm, I'm very foreign sometimes. What's your opinion on the articles that come out saying it's like a carcinogen in a sense, working shift work? I oh, had. I had. Christ, just on your, that's why I asked. <laughs> Deep breath. No, but I had someone, um, yeah, very interesting, send me a message saying, how do you feel about knowing that shift work is potentially killing you? And it's, it's a great question because, mm. you know, I think first and foremost, awareness is key. Yep. And it's great that these studies are coming out because it's showing the industry and the government and the healthcare system, yep. you know, what's coming and that if they don't start appreciating shift workers more and working with us instead of against us and telling us what to do, um, I think nurses and midwives have poor conditions. Like you mm. should see what paramedics go through. Yeah. So it's, it only gets worse and worse. And... It's definitely something that pulls on my moral strings. I'm like, oh, God, sometimes this is really going to burden me. Yeah. But then I think, nope, this is my responsibility to show people that, you you know, it's okay and you can be a healthier shift worker. Yeah. Like, amazing. it doesn't have to kill you. And most of the time, it's not the shift work that's, that's the problem. It's the way people manage it and it's the yep. behaviors of the shift work. So I almost think it's a bit um, negligent to blame the shift work Yes, I can understand for night duty. Yes, I can understand for the way that it impacts you in terms of behaviours. But at the end of the day, you're still in control of what you do. Because imagine if all the people they tested were like 100 versions of you. That's the right. The results would be so different. Oh, my God. So true. And it's like, well, you know, working with other nurses and midwives, I can understand you know, I look at the sample size that they would be using. Yeah. And I went to the doctors recently and he was like, oh, you're a, you're a shift worker. Did you know that they just released a study to show that oh cancer rates are significantly higher amongst, you know, breast cancer? And I was like, thanks, doc. Like, yeah. that's really great. I'm really sick of people, like, throwing those statistics at me with no solutions. Yeah. And that's what I sort of, I'm like, okay, that's sort of what I'm here for. That's what I feel like. I'm Amazing. like, so many people, like... It's just counterproductive. Like we, yes, we know. I did a whole literature review on like the negative effects of shift workers for graduates. And I'm like, wow. do I really want to do this? It almost made me reconsider my profession. But then I was like, well, yeah, the, all these statistics and studies are great. But when it comes to the recommendations, there was nothing. It was yeah. like, don't do shift work. And it's like, okay, really? so <laughs> what wow. do you do? So this is massive what you're putting out. 
I'm honoured to be here right now. This is like a first. No one's doing this. And no, here you are. So that's but no great. one's doing it. And yeah. I so encourage anyone who, you know, really prioritises their health and fitness to like step up and take that responsibility to like lead by example. Yeah. Because I know how isolated I felt at the start, you know, eating out of my Tupperware container, mm. like, you know, requesting um, my all my night shifts in one row and being that annoying shift worker that yeah. prioritise themselves because at the end of the day where most people um, in that job aren't that sort of person. They're going to put people above themselves. Yeah. And I think it's like we need to pull ourselves back and say, no, you actually can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. And the care that you're going to give out is not going to be optimal if you know you're thriving off three hours of sleep etc and the the tips that you're giving out now isn't anything miraculous or no one's done it before no it's just organization systemization you know and yeah as you said putting yourself first yeah and be able to help others better yeah exactly great we are up to question number five our spiced kitchen oh it sounds fun i'll have some (laughs) Thoughts on coffee throughout and around night shift. We all love a cup of. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> I think I've had three today. What's the time? There you go. Only three. No, okay. Well, <laughs> decent. Yeah, it's nearly lunchtime. Oh, it's true. So caffeine is a drug that has about a six-hour half-life. So this means that 50% is still in your system six hours later. So mm. it's really important to know that caffeine is a drug. We use it as a drug. We use it on babies as a drug. It's not just Why a coffee. Why do you use it on babies? Sorry, I have to ask. Um, like premature babies to help their heart function ah, properly. Yeah, so it actually is used. Calculations to give out as a drug in hospitals and that half-life as well so 50% is still in your bloodstream six hours later so 50% so if you have a double shot at midday you've it's like at at 6 p.m you just have a shot of coffee whoa does that half-life change based on like our tolerance to coffee so say someone like me who has a shit ton of coffee so not so much your tolerance, but more your metabolism. Um, yeah, and I guess how you digest it. So some people do build up a bit more of a tolerance, but that doesn't mean that it's still affecting you any less, Yeah, if that makes sense. Uh, you may not get the arousal, yeah. but it's still affecting you. Uh, and mm. that's why it's important. So just with half-life, I'm only saying that because that's the way that we measure all drugs. Yeah. So everything, we measure it in half-life. We don't say, oh, it's out of your system by now because you can't really predict that, especially with yep. something like caffeine. Uh, everyone metabolizes it differently. So I metabolize caffeine quite quickly. Mm. You might be the same. It doesn't affect you. I can sleep like right yeah. after having a coffee, which yeah. is alarming and I do need to explore this. Like, <laughs> I know. I know it's not that good. But some people are <laughs> like that. They go, oh, no, no, nah, I can have a coffee before bed. And I'm like... You can, you should. I could smoke marijuana before I go into work. Doesn't mean I should. Well, true, yeah. You've got those people like, no, I won't have a green tea. It's past midday. I'm like, oh, to be, to have your sensitivity (laughs) to it again, I'd kill for that. I know. (laughs) Isn't it crazy? Some people are like, no, I can't have a black coffee. I'm like, oh, okay. It comes to the mind too. If I know I've had a coffee before workout, I'm going to have a mint workout. Yeah. Double, triple shot. And I even (laughs) notice that like when I, if I take it away for a bit, I'm like, well, I've got headaches and et cetera. And Mm. then if I have, then when I reintroduced it, you ping it and you're like, this oh, yeah. is what coffee should be like. Yeah. Um, but just, I guess, getting back onto the question. So <laughs> I personally avoid it after midnight um, for night duty and consume yep. it pre-workout or when I wake up. So for night duty... Pre-work. Oh, sorry, pre-work. That's all right. Sorry. And pre-work. Well, yeah, <laughs> both. 
But what I've found recently is I've actually just been switching to decaf for night duty. Mm. Um, firstly, because I'm fucking tired anyway. Yeah. So not much coffee perks me up. Mm. And I don't like to rely on that. Secondly, I think it's good to have a little detox from every now and then just for a few days and working night duty every four weeks. It actually gives me a bit of routine to explore these things like yep. cycle my melatonin, um, you know, change around my caffeine, have a bit of a break from supplements, do all these sorts of things. So mm. that's just something I've started implementing and I have found a decaf coffee that I like firstly. Um, And I found that I've just been sleeping better throughout the daytime. Mm. And then, you know, then it also gives me something to look forward to when I finish my nights. I'm like, coffee, real caffeine. Good. So yeah. What about you? You experimented a lot with caffeine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I've started on that. Yeah. No. (laughs) They're going to take you seriously. I don't snort caffeine, but (laughs) I don't know. Maybe there's, yeah. Um, (laughs) So... I've had that decaf as well. So now, because I used to pile on or pile in the teaspoons of coffee. So it's Mm. like, I go one coffee, one decaf. Because I like the strong taste, Um, which is interesting because I was a barista for years and never even touched a coffee. Really? It was uni and then I started being like, yeah, I just need this when I don't. It was just mind games. Um, So that decaf, but just touching on decaf, make sure that it's organic. Because any decaf that's not organic, organic is stripped uh, using chemicals. It tastes like shit. And I noticed it tastes that. Like shit. I was like, that one that we use, that decaf coffee. So we use, it's got a green lid, it's from Coles. And or Wallace. IGA, because I, it's oh. the IGA. I, yeah, like I didn't know this until I started drinking decaf. So I was just experimenting. I didn't even look at the label. Stupid. And then right, yeah, you don't I just always. thought coffee. Yeah. Like, what? I don't, anyways, I didn't even think about it. And then I tried this one. I'm like, it's so good. And then yep. Danny highlighted, she's like, oh, yeah, that's the organic one. And then I realized, I, and then I went to empty out the cupboard of all these other crappy decafs. And it was all like hard in the container. Yeah, they use paint stripper and like really bad chemicals. Yeah. That's so bad. The first thing I did notice was that there was a couple of grams of carbs in it. And that was when I was like, how can coffee have carbs? Oh. In one of the. Is Those were... carbs in rat poison. Who knows? Oh God! What sort of macronutrient breakdown? Google is rat it though. It's scary. Like someone, because I made a story on it. Oh, um, decaf. And they're like, do you know what's in that? I'm like, no. The Google. I'm like, oh. Yeah. So yes. this organic one, I like the flavor because I like the flavor of black coffee. So mm. it wasn't for me that I was trying to replace the the highs of the caffeine. It was more like I'm like, I like a, a black coffee. Yeah. So having one that I enjoyed made that so much easier to sort of take it out for night duty. Yep. And personally I do recommend that people avoid drinking it after yeah midnight if if you want to get, you know, the most optimal sleep. In saying that our coffee man comes at two AM in the morning and it's frustrating. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Does yeah. everyone jump on it? Like yeah. 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 So we have this guy in a van and he comes around and he's, he's clever. Gives, yeah, he's so smart. He's got like three buses. He makes a killing off us. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, anyways, moving on. All right. Taylor P. Faye. I'm doing my best reading these out. <laughs> no matter how tired I am after a night shift, I never get more than three hours sleep, even with melatonin. Have you got any tips? Mm. And I read this one and I was like, oh, God, poor Taylor. That mm. sucks. Three hours sleep is rough. Like I know how bad it is to wake up at sort of like midday, 1 a.m., 1 p.m., 
and not be able to sleep, but to only get three hours. Could you imagine going into work and functioning and dealing with lives and drugs? That's dangerous in a sense. It's really dangerous. And it actually shows that you may as well just be drunk. Mm. It actually does. Like you've got the alcohol blood level. Imagine babies drunk. (laughs) That would be pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) No, it wouldn't be. Um, (laughs) Anyways, so some tips. So the first thing I wanted to say was set your environment. And I'm just going back to some absolute basics because the fact even with melatonin, the, like we said, things need to come before melatonin. Yep. Um, so the first thing would be to sunglasses. As soon as you step outside, put your high quality, not your shitty ones from Dottie or whatever, <laughs> high quality on. sunglasses on before you go outside and just, you know, like you would winding down for bed, just be calm, you know, just... Get in your car, drive home. Obviously, please stay awake. Like, oh, yeah. if you've only had three hours sleep and you're tired, get a cab. Um, but mm. then, as soon as I get home, block out blinds are down. Sorry, this is Luke's process. He knows that as I soon know. as I home, <laughs> don't talk to me. <laughs> so the bed's made, which is great because you've got to get into a fresh, nice, clean bed. Mm. Block out blinds are down. The aircon's on. The eye mask is on my pillow. The house is quiet. And that's that's the environment that I get into. So yeah. just for everyone's knowledge, our room should be about 18 degrees Celsius to sleep well. Um, and this is because before we fall asleep, our body temperature needs to drop. Mm. And melatonin actually helps with this. So in regards to the environment and everything, we really are just trying to replicate that sleep cycle. Yep. And that comes down to wearing sunglasses. It's going to help... Um, preserve your melatonin rather than suppress it wow awesome and that's literally the biggest thing when i went through a big spout of sleep insomnia it was horrible and i don't wish that upon anyone and i had no idea what was happening to me i literally like there was nights i didn't sleep Mm. i was like what the hell is wrong with me and i was just so stressed i was doing a postgrad and i was working and Anyways, the way I got out of it was that I did go to a doctor's um, and they gave me diazepam. That was their solution. They're like, diazepam, diazepam. And I remember being at work after having diazepam like the following day, still feeling drunk because it's got a really long half-life and thinking, I can't do this. Like, I'm not even present. Mm. So I was like, nah. No, nah, she didn't mention anything, like anything else besides drugs. I couldn't believe it. So I really? did. Really? Yeah. I did, did she a, ask what you did for your lifestyle or anything yeah, like, like I, that? Yeah, she was like, oh, you're a shift worker. You need, oh, you need sleeping Sandra tablets. Oh, just straight yeah, into it. Yeah, mm. just, you know, let's, let's give you a Band-Aid solution. Yeah. And I was like 20. Oh, freaking hell. 21 maybe. Jeez. But what I did was, so I did a lot of research on this meditation and I was still pretty young and I was like, oh God, what is this? Feel yeah. a bit voodoo, like, yeah. you know, but I tried it and I used it to help get to sleep. I don't, I try to avoid using meditation for that, but it was fantastic for putting me into that zone and I used to have to go and sleep on the couch because sleeping with Luke, he was really hot and as soon as I got that heat, I couldn't sleep even with the aircon on. So I would remove my, if I got into that state, I was get. I'd have like mini panic attacks and I'd remove myself, go out to the lounge room, put the aircon on, meditate for like 20 minutes and allow myself to drift off and catch a wave. It's about catching a wave as well. Mm. So they come sort of every hour. As soon as you feel that wave, catch it. Yeah. Interesting. I've never thought of sleep like that. Mm, literally yeah. do it. Like 
start reading and you'll feel the wave that surge and I'm like here's my melatonin and then you take it whereas you know you ever feel like you miss it you miss the wave and then you're like no I'm not tired yeah well I suppose a lot of people go straight on their mobile phone so distract themselves so they probably would miss it and that was another thing was with my insomnia and sleep anxiety um I had 10 women that were pregnant at the time and they were always contacting me like when they were in oh, labor really? yeah it's a part of what you do when you study so I became so fixated on Wait, my when phone you left work no 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 yeah so when I was studying to be a midwife you have follow-throughs and you oh. have 10 women that you follow through the completion of their pregnancy. So oh it could goodness. be 3 a.m. and they'll text you and say, hey, my waters are broken. And then you've got to be up, gone into hospital. Oh, my God. Them. That's stressful. So stressful. So you could imagine every time my phone pinged, I was like wired. Yeah. And like I had a few births that I nearly missed. <gasps> and like, I don't know, I just became so fixated on my phone. So yeah. now I turn my phone off and charge it outside of the bedroom. Mm. Um, I have a, uh, a light alarm clock that wakes me up with a light instead I've of a noise. That. That's cool. Yeah, so there's lots of little things that you can do. But getting back to that question, it really just comes back to utilizing calming strategies like yep. reading and meditation, catching that wave, and then setting your environment. That's the best tips I could get. And it's going to be frustrating because it's going to work for a little bit and then it's not. You're going to have one of those days and you're like, nothing I do is going to put me to sleep. But mm. don't be disappointed by that. Just realize it's just sometimes things happen. It's just another day. Try again tomorrow. Fantastic. That was great. And the lucky last question from Phoebe Kelly 96 what do you do coming off nights? And please elaborate on sleep after shift work, training that day and your eating patterns. Yeah, so again, this is one of those things that's taken me a little while to figure out what works best for me. So this is my process when I finish a night duty and it may or may not work for you, but this is what I find works for me. So I have my last meal at about midnight and I avoid eating after that, even though I get hungry, that's a good sign. Mm. When you're hungry, it's a good sign. I just away. need to be more disciplined then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, stop snacking. Um, turn the fridge light off. No, but about midnight I have my last meal. So then I just work as normal, no coffee, same things throughout your night shift. And then I skip breakfast. So again, it's a bit harder, but it gives you that little bit longer of fasting. And I skip breakfast so I wake up at midday hungry. Yeah. Because the reason why I eat before I go to bed is because I wake up at midday hungry mm. and I want to sleep try and sleep through that yeah and not be hungry um so skipping breakfast yeah like I said allows me to wake up and then I have a big lunch so it sort of gives you something to look forward to it sort of helps to get your circadian rhythms your digestion everything else back on track by eating at the time that you should be in yep. saying that after straight after that I'm going to go for a walk I'm going to go outside I'm not going to wear sunglasses and I'm going to like just lay in the sun there is just something so refreshing about going outside and getting some sunlight after night shift like you feel dead and you're scraping yourself up after about three hours of sleep but for me personally some people can sleep through and then go back back to bed and sleep I can't I need to get up and grind through the day it's not so bad once you're up as long as I don't look at my aura ring data and have a heart attack don't look at that (laughs) but I find that if I get up have something to eat to sort of help set everything up again, go for a bit of a walk, be a bit social, go have a massage. I do like a little appointment or take myself out for lunch if I want to do that. Yeah. Um, and then I just go to bed early. Yeah, so nice. Like seven 
o'clock, whatever I feel like. Yep. And that's just what I do. That's that's my routine. That's what I find works for me. Every time I don't do that, I sort of pay for it for the next few days. Like I'll wake up at 2 a.m. wide awake. Oh, and, really? Yeah. So like I said, it takes me longer to get my circadian rhythm back on track than into night duty. Because yep. before my first night duty, I don't usually sleep. So I'm exhausted after that night mm. and I just can sleep. Um, whereas now I have the opposite sort of effect. It's almost sounds like coming out of jet lag type stuff. Oh, it is. You're just going to stay awake. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You've just got to push yourself to get back on track. And I firmly yeah. believe that the sooner you do that, the better. Something I realized I didn't talk about was training much. Mm. So I guess that's what, um, Phoebe asked, but I just listen to my body. So I generally don't, um, deadlift during the week of my night duty just because yep. I feel like it fries my central nervous system so much yeah. and then I know that I'm going to pay for it because once I train, I still got 10 to 12 hours of work to do. So, yeah. And it's funny when you work night duty, you can actually feel the doms progress. Like you're like, you know, you wake up sore. Yeah. You know, when you work nights, you're like, I started my shift fine and now I've got doms. Oh it's so goodness. weird. Because um, you're on your feet the whole time pretty mm, much too. Mm, yeah. So you feel it. But yeah, that's what I do in regards to training. I almost, I almost make it a, a bit of a deload week unintentionally. Yep. And I just found that's what works best for me. And then I just wipe the sled and start fresh the next week. Perfect. So how do you alter your training by you making mean? it a deload week, so to speak? So I reduce the load generally. I usually keep the volume. So traditionally, a lot of deloads, they might keep the strength there, but reduce the volume. Mm. Whereas I find it better the other way. I reduce the amount of weight that I'm lifting. I'm not hitting PBs that way. Yeah. It's just not happening. And I just keep the volume there. I steer more towards machine work if I can, yeah. just because I feel like I can't actually contract my muscles really firmly mm. like what I would in a squat or a deadlift or even a barbell hip thrust. I just feel like I don't have that contraction there. Yeah. And it's probably just because my central nervous system is just not firing. Mm. That's just what I find. Like a lot of the time when I'm hip thrusting, I just can't squeeze my glutes at the top. It just mm. doesn't work. So some people are like, you know, maybe you shouldn't exercise. You know, I just think I go into the gym because it gives me some structure and routine throughout night duty. Yeah. It makes me feel good. And at the end of the day, that's what I'm there for. Perfect. Because you did mention throughout giving yourself something to look forward to. You've mm. mentioned that a few times. Oh, you so. got to because it's depressing as fuck. I there tell you, know. night shift, you were so isolated and like you don't share a bed with your partner for the whole week. You don't yeah. see anyone. You just like band together with the people that you're on nights with. Yeah. And you, like in winter, you don't see the sunlight. So like mm. you, when you go home, it's usually dark. And then when you wake up, it's getting dark. Yeah. And then you work in the dark and it, you know, seasonal depression, it's the same thing for night shift workers. And if you look yep. at the statistics for mental health problems, like it says it all. So, mm, mm. yeah. This has been amazing. Even I've learned so much from this. So hopefully you guys have as well. And just thank you for putting in the effort to talking about something like this. And it's very much needed by the sounds of things. So, yeah. And like you. I said, guys, I would absolutely love it if any other shift workers who have got anything out of this podcast itself, please screenshot it, share it on your story and tag myself, tag Danielle and of course the podcast. But just mm. put yourself out there and really shine through and set an example. I've tried really hard over the last few years to 
try and be a positive influence in this sort of shift worker space and slowly and surely more people are doing the same and I love it so you're living proof living proof guys Mm. and you can be too so don't feel like you need to victimize yourself to your job thanks for listening